Hey everyone, this is Sandy. As you know, Hushi is an independent podcast produced by four Hmong women and funded by us, as well as generous supporters. Are you interested in sponsoring an episode or a transcript? Email us at hashtag at gmail.com to learn more. Did you know that on the hashtag Hoochie's webpage, hoochie.wordpress.com, we post show notes for every episode, have transcripts for most of our episodes, and also a blog post? Be sure to check it out if you haven't already. Hashtag Hoochie would like to acknowledge that today's recording takes place on the ancestral territories of the Dakota and Ojibwe peoples of Minnesota, the Miami, Poria, and Potawatomi nations of Illinois, and the Pentecost Confederacy of New England. Hello, welcome to Hoochie. Today is Sunday, September 23rd, 2018. We are four Hmong women who like to talk about things that matter, such as everything. We are your hosts. I am Elder Sandy. This is Linda. I'm Elder Pa. And this is Elder Me. So for this episode, we're going to talk about the... Um, movie that everybody's been talking about within the Asian American community is Crazy Rich Asians. Thoughts? Have you guys seen it? Read a book? Yeah, I've seen it. I I saw it and then I but before seeing it, I read the book too. So I, I just I, I just recently saw it. I didn't read the book. I didn't know that there were books until recently. There was actually two books, right? By mm-hmm. the author. One. There's just one book. I yeah. one there was like another book. Yeah, he no, he, no. he has another it, book. It's a trilogy. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Yeah, he has he has okay. a, he has uh, two more books out. Yeah, I thought he had yeah several I more books out. I am going to research this right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I also tried reading the book before I went to see the movie, and I had to stop reading the book because I because <laughs> I this isn't your thing. It just didn't resonate with me. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Whatever. <laughs> why, why, why was that? Was it, was it just boring writing? Or is it, were the fonts too small? <laughs> no. So, so my biggest issue with Crazy Rich Asians, I haven't, I, I didn't complete reading the book and I have, I have not read book two or three, but with the first book, my issue was with the lead guy, his character, and how really just immature and self-absorbed he was. And I, I couldn't understand how he could be the romantic lead in the book. Okay, mm. so uh, okay, so I want to clarify. Okay, so because I like have this up. So yes, there is the Asian Rich Asian trilogy, right? So there's the China Rich Girlfriend, uh, Rich People Problems, and then there's the like the book from which the movie comes out of is the Crazy Rich Asian. Yes. Yeah. So even though it's, I mean, it's not a trilogy in the traditional trilogy sense, but each book focuses on different characters. Okay. Okay. Mm. Okay. So, like, obviously, it's not like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the book's not gonna win the Pulitzer, or... <laughs> but it is on the New York bestseller. So, I mean, that's like that's an accomplishment on its own, right? Okay. So, I read the book Crazy Rich Asian, and I was like such a fast read. It was like I read it in two sittings now granted they were like six long hours but but like i read it in a weekend (laughs) so earlier i talked about how i had to stop reading it because i i couldn't relate to it Mm -hmm. Um, so i felt like the hero of the uh, of the movie and book i felt like he acted like he'd never been in a relationship before like it was all about him and he didn't inform his girlfriend of his background. Like, he didn't prepare her to um, meet his family, you know. And he thought everything was just okay. And and, and he, because it's his family and whatever, and he had no thoughts about, like, how it would change or affect her life. Mm-hmm. I know. So my family, a couple of my family members were watching 
And we're like, what the hell? We're just like, wow, what an asshole. Why are you acting like, oh, dude, just another regular day. Oh, and and then ushers her into like this whole crazy thing that's happening in the background that's impacting her, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like y'all, like you're gonna go meet like your partner's like family and then during that visit, there's like blood and gut of fish and like, you know, slander against you. Mm -hmm. And then like, oh yeah, it was nothing. I was like, yeah, asshole. So like, okay, so like the main character, we're talking about Nick Young, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, I feel like in the book, like he played it a lot longer in terms of like, like his family wealth, like he like hit it a lot longer. Whereas like in the movie, so this is like a complete spoiler. If you want to listen, you can turn it off. Um, but like in the movie, like like there isn't any talk about what his family does. Like she only gets a glimpse of it when they go to the airport and there are all these attendants that like attend to them. Right, and then she's like, "Did you use like all your miles?" And then he's like, "There's a scene where they're in the airplane, and then he turns to her and he's like, oh yeah, my my parents have like money, right? Or like something similar to that, right?" Whereas like the book, he is a lot more coy with him telling her about his wealth. Like that doesn't actually happen until she goes and she meets. Aquafina's like uh what what is her name like Ping Ping Lu's uh family and then like they are like who are you here to see and and where is this place like that so that in the book that happens a lot um like further further along but like yes like Nick Young I feel like his character is very typical of like the men that I know who are completely, like, unaware of anything and who puts themselves, like, before anybody else. So, yeah, I just I just thought, like, yes, Nick Young's character is very, like, he's sort of, like, this asshole. But then there's that question. If he's hot, has a lot of money, are you okay with him being an asshole? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's an educated woman. If, if she knows he's going to do her dirty like that... You know, a, a more sensible woman will go, oh, hell no. You better put my ass back in first class back home. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah. like, the way that her character was built up, too, was that, like, she was, like, ready. She was, like, yes, this, like, really independent woman, but she was also, like, ready to get married, too. She did. She, like, set up a joke. I think something, something along that line is that we do watch a lot of TV or movies where the guy is an asshole, is immature, is selfish, and then the woman changes him. Oh, yes, yes. Because, because she teaches him to think about others. Mm. And, and it's usually like a painful process, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they break up for a little bit, and he realizes, oh, my God, I really need her. She was teaching me how to be a good person all this time. Yeah. I needed, I needed to be a stronger man like i needed to speak up or something yeah i needed to stand up to my parents or something right Mm -hmm. i know that there's like different like asian folks right who are for the movie and who are also really critical about the movie right Mm -hmm. and uh, like sort of our representation and then also like we need to start somewhere or we've been and long due for this, right? And so there's so many, like, conversations out there that's, like, it's really exciting to hear, but it's also, like, impacts people emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. Because the movie has different meaning for different, like, folks. And and I, like, for me, like, I, I see this as like, uh, another, like, typical Hollywood romantic comedy with Asian folks. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel like, oh, my God, Asians, like, that one, like, oh, Asians have made it or we've been in long due waiting for like an all cast of Asians, right? That doesn't make me feel a certain way about the movie, but I think that this is like another like Asian movie representation out there that appeals to like Asian American audiences who may or may not have like critical perspectives and like thoughts about like race, class and so forth. Like, I, I get that, but I'm more interested in, like, the nuances about it in terms of, like, like what does representation mean for us? 
so for example, why do we sort of like feel a certain strong way about Hollywood with all Asian cast, but then what about like in our community where we're already making those movies, right? And, mm-hmm. and why don't we also pay attention to the all cast mom in movies, right? And talk about that. And so, like, I understand, right? Like, Hollywood is, like, fucked up, right? And racist and, like, sexist. And, and yeah, we need to have conversations about there, too. And we want to uplift that in ways, right? Yeah, at the same time, I'm, like, also interested, well, how are we also, like, also, like, uplifting, like, our own away from Hollywood, right? Yeah. Uh, film producers or directors and writers and actors and actresses, right? who has all Asian cast. I'm interested in figuring how to talk about those, right, side by side, and, and why, right? And so I'm more interested in, in talking, um, in focusing, if we're going to talk about that, well, can we also appreciate, right, that we already have that? Because it seems almost like we've never had that. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm, that's what I'm hearing. We've, we haven't had that for so long since the Joy Luck Club, right, in Hollywood, yeah, at the same time, I'm like, well, I think we've always been having films and movie produced, right? What they're taking issue with, right? So, like, yes, like, Hmong people have been making films forever, and we have some really great films in the Hmong community and some really fucked up films. Like, But, like, we've been making films forever, right? K-dramas have been happening forever, right? It harkens back to, like, white people, like... You know, like, white people don't acknowledge those films. Mm-hmm. And, like, the white Hollywood industry, like, does not acknowledge those films. So, like, because they don't acknowledge those films, like, there's no validation. Like, the validation isn't coming from what we deem as, uh, like, the authority on, like, filmmaking. And because there is no validation from those, and because there's finally a film that has that validation... Right? Like, we all cling to it because we're like, oh my god, that's so amazing. And, like, finally, like, we are being validated. So it's not about, like, finally there's an all-Asian cast. It should be more of, like, finally we're being validated. By white people. By white people. And it's that validation that we, like, (laughs) are, like, seeking, right? I mean, it's so... Yeah. Because, like, to be be very honest with you, it's true. It's like, they want to be validated by white media, by white people. Yes, you know, and it, and it's like so. It's so annoying. Like to be honest, like when I watch Crazy Rich Asian, it's like every fucking like other rom com, like Korean movie, Chinese movie, like rom com that I've watched. So it really didn't really resonate to me. The only thing that's different is that they speak English. That I'm not reading no subtitles. Like that's the only main difference. And for 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 people to use this as oh, it's so good for Asian Americans. Most of the people there weren't even American. Yeah, and it harkens back to like the We Are Mong exhibition, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, we, like, you like, we've been acknowledged, people, you know, like, we've been validated because this, like, space that's, like, predominantly white is, like, giving us, is carving out a space for us or, like, you know, a temporary space for us, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think, like, that is the thing that makes Asian Americans really excited. You know, like, um, Oh, what's that one? There was, like, that one movie where the Hmong girl, like, was, like, in, like, like, 13, 13 seconds of a scene. Oh, um, getting in this movie. Uh, Superman, Superman versus Batman? Yes. And, like, <laughs> and, like, like, literally, like, the whole entire Hmong village went to see that. I mean, like, <sighs> I went to see that movie because of that 13 seconds because I wanted to see it on the big screen. There's something about, like, like, there's something about that whole experience, right? Like, of, like, going to the movie theater to see a movie on the big screen. And then there's something about, like, Hollywood acknowledging, like, that there are other actors besides, like, white folks, you know? And then, like, Hollywood giving, um, like, I don't know, maybe agency is not the right word, but I'm going to use it anyway. Like, agency to, like, Asian people to create their own movie. You know, like, there's something about that. But two um, things. Huh? Did you watch Gran Torino? Was that not enough? <sighs> well, I I didn't watch it. I didn't watch Gran Torino. You know, like I didn't watch Gran Torino at the theater. I remember like being I re- I only I watched Gran Torino when it like was on Netflix. 
Mm-hmm. Like years later. <laughs> like like non-Hmong Asians are like referencing Gran Gran Torino now, saying that oh here's another movie with an all with a majority all uh, Asian cast, and I'm like, dude, it was like about white savior uh, fucking story, and mm-hmm. and like it's it's literally like saying this white dude sacrificed himself to save the Hmong people from the gangs. Mm-hmm. To save because Hmong in the movie themselves, yeah. Because from it, because in the movie he did do that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yeah he literally. literally did. At the end, he literally sacrificed himself so that yeah. so that so that the police finally listened and did something about these gangs. Even though the monk yeah. community has been been fucking like telling them these gangs are killing us, who happen to be who happen to look like us. Yeah. Yeah. So it basically says authority don't listen to you unless you're white. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is true. Yeah. Because. Hello, like it's the news. Mm-hmm. But but going back to what you're saying, Pa, like um, it's sort of like, oh, we haven't made it um, until we've made it in Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? And I feel mm-hmm. like, what? Why? Like, yeah, we've made like our community made so many films. Like, do we long to like until everybody in the U.S. has seen our movie and then like paid so much money and we got money in the bank and that's that's a form like we've made it in mm-hmm. the film industry or something right yeah and and yeah i guess like i'm just you know that's that's like something that i'm curious about in the ways that we become like the differences between like artists right some want to be on big movie screens some more like no i want to be here locally and making it you know and doing these things in my community versus like on a huge big screen and what are these sort of desires right mm-hmm. that yeah. come from being locally doing things and then and then being on a huge screen and yeah i think it's a form of like conditioning right like been, okay so we've been conditioned to real to think that like success is like it's like success for these filmmakers right success is winning um, an Academy Award. That's like success for filmmakers, actors, actresses, screenwriters, uh, playwrights. Like you know, playwrights. It's like the Tonys, right? So like, there is like these like standards that we've been conditioned to, and I don't know. I think it's like really hard to like uncondition somebody to mm-hmm. think that way, right? Mm-hmm. There was a person on uh, who's a Hmong filmmaker on Facebook who I happen to be Facebook friends with. And um, he, had, he had made a post, and I just thought it was, like, one of the most, like, dumbest, most ridiculous posts on this fucking planet, right? He had said something <laughs> to the extent of, come and talk to me when you've, like, won an award, Hmong filmmaker, right? And, oh, my God. Yeah, wow. and, like... And, like ridiculous he, ever. Yeah, so fucking ridiculous. But, like, he was, like... Because he had won uh, an award that was, like, central to, like, the Twin Cities, right? Mm-hmm. And so for him, because he's won that award, he somehow has made it. You know, like, and these Hmong filmmakers, they have to have won the same award or an award that's, like, like one step above him. In, in order for them to have, a, like, a legit conversation about filmmaking. But I'm like, man, like... Awards don't mean anything. It's all about like video sales. And when you think about it, like these Hmong like filmmakers, they make their movies and they push that shit out and old Hmong people buy that shit in droves. And so like if you wanna talk about like making it, like I know a few Hmong filmmakers that are older that have lived their whole entire lives, like by the sales of like their movies. You know, so, like, it's just so, I think it's, like, it's, I think, it, like, going back to, like, what we were talking about, like, um, I think, one, it's, like, conditioning, and then, two, it's, like, one is, like, we've been conditioned to think that there are these standards, and, like, that the standards are such as, you know, these standards are this, right, and that. It's really hard to, it's like, to not seek out those validations, mm-hmm. even though, like, consciously, like, we know, like, you know, as an artist, like, I know that I'm like a good artist already but like unconsciously like i'm still continuously like seeking out like these like superficial validations that don't 
do anything for me, like, personally, but maybe, like, in terms of, like, professionally, will open a few doors for me, and maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I am, but then I also, like, want, like, have this whole conversation. I, I was thinking about how other uh, countries' film industry, entertainment industry, are so, are always wanting to get into the American, like, market. Like, you could be a British singer, but if you cross over to the United States, you basically made it. Because when you look at K-pop, like, K-pop itself is already successful. Just just that it's not successful in, like, the United States, right? Because no one cares for it. But when BTS crossed over, now everybody's, like, all over it. And 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 now, like, now people are saying BTS made it. But they've always been made. They've always been successful. And I think about all these other films that, like, from Hong Kong and from... China from like uh, different countries that have made it in their country, but it, it would have been made like they would get the official you have made it if it's like gone into the U.S. market. So then it comes down to like you know Western like U.S. Do, like dominance or U.S. control like conversations in the entertainment world, and 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 why we 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 put that on the pedestal. Like, why do we need to come into the United States in order for our movie to be considered a legitimate movie? Or why do we need it to be okay by the American audience for it to be, we made it, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think, I think, Pa, like, what you say is, is true because, you know, majority of our, like, Hmong American life, all we've seen on television or the theaters or anywhere, right, it's, it's about white Hollywood, right? I mean, mm-hmm. granted, they don't say it's white Hollywood. They say this is what Hollywood in the U.S. If you live in the U.S., like, this is the, the golden town or ticket to validate right. that you... And so all our lives we've been bombarded and forced to watch. And, and the, these are our only options, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, white everything. Although I do remember a time in the 90s where, um, like, Chinese... Thai, like Indian, I mean, even earlier for my, like my parents when they were here in the 80s, wanting to like watch more of that, right? And then like Hmong films and movies started to like flood in, right? And, but then those are also like limited access for us to view and experience, right? In our childhood or like teenhood. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, because of systemic racism and internalized racism and shit happen, we want to just, you know, watch, like, white films, pretty much, and white media. And one is because uh, we understand, because we're also, right, taught to only speak English, right? And so, of course, we couldn't really understand other foreign imported, imported movies, right? So we tend to then, like, consume so this conditioning right conditioning us to speak english only conditioning us and everywhere we go we're bombarded with white male made right hetero made messaging or stories or perspectives and that's for me you know in my like 37 years like majority of that you know been in the process and i've seen this desire i used when i was young i wanted to become a writer and a screenwriter um, and I've always dreamed, like, oh, I want to make it in Hollywood. But then um, being conscious of all, like, all these injustices in race, class, and representation, too, like, through, through like, a good 10, 15 years, I realized, like, oh, my God, Hollywood's fucked up. I think I need to, instead of, like, trying to find validation there because it's, like, fucked up because we'll never be included or our decisions and our visioning right of mm-hmm. how we want to tell stories and is, is going to get screwed up right and therefore i'm like you know like that's not you know i don't i don't i don't want to tell stories through hollywood right but folks at least that's my journey where mm-hmm. I, I see and realize that no that's not where it is it's where my community is right it's like locally where there's more of an opportunity to talk about this that that's what i would be okay with right and not being validated in hollywood mm-hmm. because now you're like you're famous i guess like you know that's i i feel like is that is that what we want to do is become famous like rich and famous think- and that through hollywood that's what's gonna happen mm-hmm. and that we're gonna be loved but that at the end we're gonna end up like 
like so many other Hollywood actors or folks who ended up uh, in depression, right? And mm-hmm. all these shit. <laughs> and yeah. then you're famous because of that. For me, it's like, okay, so I don't like Hmong movies. I want to say that right now. And the reason why I don't watch and I don't like Hmong movies is because it's, in, in the beginning, it's just so badly done. So I care about the technical stuff, right? The <laughs> the acting. Because if you're if you're literally looking at the camera while you're supposed to talk to somebody next to you, that's like bad acting, right? And then the weird cuts or like just really bad, like in the beginning, Hmong movies were really bad. Like you have to fucking like admit it. It was as badly edited. I don't know. It was just bad. I think I remember one movie that I actually really did enjoy and like cried my eyes out. But majority of the time is really just cringe because it's so badly made. But it does tell a story. And then, um, which then brings it back to, for me, when I watched Crazy Rich Asian, it was about the technical stuff that kind of bothered me. Um, because I'm so used to rom-coms and I'm so used to seeing Asians on screen because of watching foreign films um, that it wasn't special to me. It was just another story. But for me, it was the the technical stuff because John Cho Chu is not a romance, uh, a rom-com director. He does action films. And so there were some questionable cuts that he did in the movie that I didn't know why he focused on that scene for so long or like why he cut to her face in this scene because it, it, the flow was really off. I mean, granted, I'm not like a, a official film critic, but it's just, it, it, you know it didn't feel right. And then like the acting... Uh, Constance Wu is not the best actress and she's never done a rom-com and so she lacked a lot of skills to really portray her character's feelings and there was like this weird chemistry between her and uh, Nick, the guy who played Nick Young like that you didn't feel in the beginning so it made the storytelling not believable so like so those are the parts that I did not like about the movie was really the technical pieces because the guy who played Nick Young wasn't the best actor. She wasn't the best, best actress. There were some people who delivered a line really poor, poorly. I mean, that that was just my my thing with it. So, like, then, like, this goes back to, like, the idea of standards, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, where are we getting our standards from? You know, like, what are we basing? I, like, I, I'm very much like Sandy, too. Like, if, if, if the technical aspects of a movie is, like, bad then i am gonna be completely turned off by it right but then like i start thinking about like like technical aspects of a movie and like by like technical aspect like what standards am i basing these movies on and the downfall is always that like for me like the standard is always like this like the white standard like the white film industry standard you know Mm -hmm. and i think like that is like I do it so much that I oftentimes, like, it's so natural for me, you know, or, like, to compare these movies, right, Uh, to, like, Mm. this, like, white, like, white, like, Hollywood standard, and so when I do that, I don't even recognize that I'm doing it, it's only after the fact, right? Well, I probably go, I would disagree with you on that, because when I watch, like, uh, Asian films, because Korean films, uh, their film industry is really I mean I think the quality of, of like film that comes out like they use a particular type of it, it's really pretty and the um and the cuts are really nice so when you compare your Korean dramas to your like Taiwanese dramas there's like a big difference in terms of quality of movie of like film and so when I watch these Asian dramas like Chinese dramas Chinese produced dramas Taiwanese produced dramas I compare it to Korean produced dramas. So yeah, so that's like that that's a, that's a difference, right? Because I mean, I think about like the Hmong dramas or like the Hmong films that I've seen, like maybe like in 1995 and 94, right? In the 90s when like there was that wave of like, you know, the ST Universal, um, like all those Hmong Hmong older Hmong men going to Laos to make Hmong movies, because that's that was like the dominance like filmmakers back in like the 90s and so like i think about those films and so my comparison has always been like to like the white like Mm -hmm. white film industry because 
I think about like when Hmong people started watching, like, or when like Korean film and Thai film and you know, like the like the Asian, I think the Asian film industry, like when that like came into like the Hmong communities, and I say like that happened in. I'd say like the wave of it was like in the like maybe like in the mid nineties to like mm-hmm. like the late nineties. I don't know. I might be wrong. You guys can. Yeah, um, it's like the late nineties, early two thousands when the Hollywood wave hit like all of Asia and those who the does the 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 sap. Oh my god, I can't pronounce that word. But the, the different groups that are around the world, Asian groups, because like if no, you if you watch like, Thai if you watch Thai dramas right now. Like, the Thai dramas right now have a lot of Korean elements to them. Mm-hmm. Because even the even the acting, like, is very Korean. To, like, the... <laughs> it's, it's, seriously, it's because Korea has, like, a certain culture, right? So they their facial expressions are a certain way, and the way they move is a certain way. And, Thai, and like, I watched Thai dramas, like, way before Korean, like, the Hollywood wave came. And now, like, the, the way the people are acting is very Korean. Yeah, I I, yeah. I think um, I've seen some Chinese like movies, and for me it's like cringy because they uh, try to copy like yeah. uh, like the U.S. Western ways or versions, and I'm just like, no, I just want to watch. I, I don't want to watch like a white like adapted or copied version mm-hmm. of your movie, and I've I've noticed that, and I'm like I'm thinking about what that means and 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 it turns me off i'm like no like i i, I can recognize that because i've seen a similar like white movie that's that adapted these type of things right and so you're it's like you're trying to copy white u.s like film stuff and i i'm just like oh i can't get away from that right mm-hmm. like it's everywhere there's white white is right thing mm-hmm. um and so but that's that's also interesting how you're saying that the, the Thai movies are also like taking a, you know, from Korean, yeah, but uh, certain ways mm-hmm. of your movement or the way you do your shots and stuff, right? I mean, one can say, oh, they're just copying or adapting this style of filmmaking, blah blah blah. But I also feel like, but that yeah. there is like no, like it, you can really tell that you're, it's not original anymore. Yeah, right? it's not original because it's not, it's not to their culture. They're now yeah. like adapting certain facial movements that are very not their culture. And yeah. and it's and it's really weird to see an actress be cute when it's not a Thai thing to be cute, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and so it's so yeah, so you so you see a lot of that. Oh, and I'm I'm just gonna like blast Chinese dramas. They don't know how to cut their fucking movies. <laughs> I, that's all I gotta say. I mean, literally. Gonna bring well, Feng Hong back. Yeah. <laughs> But like you know, when you watch the Chinese dramas, they literally a guy's walking to the bathroom. Cut that ends the whole uh, episode. <laughs> but I think that's their that's their culture nuance. Like, <laughs> Maybe in the bathroom. I don't want you to follow it. Yeah, right. Like there, 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 there's no hanger, right? These just gonna go to the bathroom. Then boom, cut but, next episode. I wanted to go back to talk about like the Hmong movies because mm-hmm. you know talk talk about standards, right? Us is like mm-hmm. Hmong American children or young people or adults born here like thinking back to like my parents' experience and my grandparents right like I don't think like they had a problem like they were watching it right and mm-hmm. I want to talk to my parents too about like these technical standards mm-hmm. but like I'm just I'm also like interested in, in in listening or seeing how I guess non-Hmong American like millennials or young people have their standards right i want to understand how like my parents had those standards when they were watching those badly cut like Hmong films right or mm-hmm. really disturbing you know perspectives from Hmong men like mm-hmm. i like have a huge problem in the ways where there was a period a moment in time how people with different abilities right were portrayed negatively oh and that's yes. like, the joke of the films like yes. i but yeah yeah anyways but you know, like I yes, I agree with you, Pa, on the types of standards we have and how we uh, uphold or value like white Hollywood versus in like internally in our own community. Because I think there was like among like there was like among like a war around music, right? And like folks uh-huh. were excited about that. Really? But, yeah, like I think in California, Fresno, I think they were. Tr- I think they've 
they've done several like yes you know awards no way you know like american music award type like in hollywood and like mom folks have that um but and you know i think around like you know what would it mean for like a one person to have made it in the um what are what are the what are the music award shows these days for Hollywood? I forget. Oh, I don't watch the Grammys. Billboard or something like that. Billboard, right? Billboard, like, Billboard the Grammys, Billboard, the American Music Awards. The Grammys is like the, <laughs> the, the the Latino Billboard Awards. I have not paid attention to why Hollywood for a long time. I forget. But BT you know, was. But you know, like, what does it mean for us, right, to like be supportive for like among person who may maybe have that made it in those award versus like our own award, and like how do we you know the standards that we have right oh it's it's just a manga word or right it's but then if it's it would i know it would completely be different if they were like recognized right mm-hmm. on white hollywood stage yes but at the same time it's like it's like white hollywood stage why is it the stand was that why is the default right for recognition and validity validity of like our artistry work thus far and what does it mean for like our larger community, right, to also like uphold that, right? Mm. And so, is it because White Hollywood has like can set up the stage, can have access to a lot of people, can you know? Is it because then our Hmong people would be would be well known, and that's gonna save our people and have and give us a country? Yes. I don't know, but yeah, I think like it comes out with standard because I would think my parents they didn't have a problem, like they didn't talk about no. oh my god that that movie, like why. They will laugh at oh maybe there was a microphone or something that was in the in the in the shop but they'll be like I don't want to watch it anymore you know yeah. so it's just interesting how we our perspectives and expectations and standards are I'm sorry my generation yeah. yeah yeah I mean like I grew up like with my dad and my mom and my grandma and then even like myself like right like buying Hmong movies and like watching Hmong movies and if not Hmong movies Hmong sub movies right like and even though they were like really bad like in hindsight like they like filled our house and and, and in some ways like from like my parents like like I remember having this conversation with my dad about like why he likes watching uh um like this movie right like and I remember my cousins and us, like, we watched that movie. It was, like, a three-part movie. And we just was so enamored by how well the the costumes were. And then, like, also, like, the acting. We were, like, wow, this is, like, so believable. And then, like, there's, like, special effects, right, that we were just completely blown away by right but they were like really simple and it was just like it was just completely blown away by that and so like i remember asking my dad why he liked watching numblai and so so much because he would play it every freaking single day you know like and he talked about the story as like a story that was told to him by his dad and when he was younger and you know like uh and 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 how like true to form the story has been in the movie you know like nothing's changed in the movie right mm-hmm. um and so like for my dad like th- like watching that movie brings him back to like a time when like like a time that he had with like his father right and so like and so i think about like based on that one conversation I, like, assume that, like, you know, like, that's the reason why my parents and my grandmother and my, like, my, both my grandparents, my grandmothers, like, love watching those Hmong movies because it brought them back. It's, like, in a way, like, it brings them back to Laos, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the storytelling is so, like, nothing changes, like, in, like, okay, mm-hmm. like, going back to, like, the Crazy Rich Asians, like, the book is like slightly different. Like, there's a lot of things that happen in the book that the movie doesn't like have, and I know mm-hmm. that that's like a time restraint, mm-hmm. right? But that's like with all books. Whereas like like these like monk movies that are made like with spe- specifically with like the monk folklores, like nothing changes. Like the way the story is told, the oral like history or of that story is very much the same 
as like the movie. Um, so that is, I is it really long? Yeah, the, I mean, it's like I mean, my um, I used to listen to my that story. My dad used to tell us the story, and they were like he would record it. It's like an hour long. So then the movie is like an hour long. No, the movie is like three Crooks. to four hours. Yeah, long. yeah. <laughs> well, hell no, I don't know that. That's, that long. That's like yeah. a yeah. that's like a Bollywood movie. At least, at least they had intermissions. Wonder, they have I intermissions. If our parents watched Crazy Rich Asian. What would they think? They probably hate it. I know my mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I my I mom mean, likes I that crap, it. so she probably likes it. My parents, my mom would probably watch it and then enjoy it. I think. Yeah, cause it's again, it's like yeah. trash TV. They would just watch it because it's like there's yeah. there's a lot of <laughs> pictures. There's like but like yeah, yeah. but then like. My mom's only been to the theater two times in her life. Oh wow! She would probably really enjoy like the the ambiance and the experience. My of, mom. Like, the theater. My mom likes the scary movies, movies where like they do the what you call it the parody off of the scream movies. Oh. So she yeah, likes those. Movies? Yeah, she likes those like movies? yeah she likes those like yeah. dirty comedy like stuff. So I don't know. So she would enjoy okay. Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, but like, okay, so can we go back to like the, can we go back to Crazy Rich Asians, yes. the movie? And like, am I fucked up in that like, there were like a lot of things that I thought was like really fucked up about the movie. Oh my that God, like yes. all my woke progressive friends on Facebook completely dismissed. What's, uh, what's the like, I mean like, am, it, am I fucked up? No. Aquafina's character. I, I I think the film, um, for me is like a canvas that tells the you know because they had like, uh, brown you know yes. like darker skin like maids and so forth. I think yes. that that's that's telling the story of what it is. Like, um, it's true. Like, yes. rich folks who are more light skin majority, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do mm-hmm. have black and brown like maids, right? Like, I think that the movie speaks and shows that, but I think for like you say woke folk right who love the movie that doesn't talk about that i think that's the problem like, yes problematic there um to to love something but to also not be able to talk about the pop the actual reality politics of that i remember reading somewhere around there's like this singaporean like activist who who's like so many like folks western folks asian folks love this movie but like there's actually a lot of problems around rich chinese or asian folks mm-hmm. right that are mm-hmm. um that are taking over our country and like taking away our rights yep. right and there's like extreme classism and mm-hmm. colorism right yeah um so i think that the movie portrays that not to say i mean i don't i don't know what the director or like the, of the film of why they if they were just like oh i'm just Oh, brown folks, folks are playmates because I believe that, or maybe it's like this is like what an actual like rich Asian family would have, right? They in this country, right? Mm-hmm. And and he's portraying that, or maybe. But I think that the problem that I would have is like woke folks not talking about that, but just love the movie for basic values of it, like mm-hmm. oh representation, and I don't care about anything else, mm-hmm. right? about yeah. what's wrong about the actual injustices within like um class right and 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 like like asian hierarchies or how how like the rich asians actually create a hierarchy for mm-hmm. asians mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm like i'm trying to i'm on facebook right now because i want to go and read some of the no maybe we maybe i should read some no, of the sh- facebook status because <laughs> then then they'll figure out who you're talking to um <laughs> i i read that article too about mm-hmm. um aquafina's character being problematic and i don't know that i've seen other movies or other things that she's been in but i i remember in that article they were saying that that this is not how Aquafina acts in real life, and, and that when she's in movies, she acts like that. So she is. So it is an act for her. Mm-hmm. You know. I haven't been really following that. I think I haven't really been following 
like the the deeper like conversations around crazy rich asian like the all-around aspect um i've just seen certain posts here and there mm-hmm. so i think that i think that conversations is important but i think i want to go back to like the type of standards and values and beliefs that we have and why we why we say certain things the way that we say about let's say crazy rich rich asian right because there are some folks who are who are being really like race and class like uh, analysis critical and some folks are kind of like you know i i've seen a couple of people's posts like you know i don't care whatever is fucked up but i you know it makes me feel good and i've been dealing with a lot of this bullshit these types uh, of bullshit that i just want to be able to enjoy a movie right and uh-huh. i think that all of those uh-huh. are like are fine i think the way that whatever standard expectation you have but there also is a time where the injustices doesn't stop right mm-hmm. and where do we still pick up from there mm-hmm. once we sort of like close that down right to enjoy uh-huh. and so i think that this, this whole conversation around cultural appropriation is still in a sense like from my experience new when it comes to like communities of color and there's folks trying to have a conversation with each other mm-hmm. but we're quick and we're in ways like have seen or have some minor experiences depending on how you've been critical around race and class right mm-hmm. um how long you've been and how intentionally you've been in that type of conversation and so but i think that when humans of color come to talk with each other it's currently it's still at that stage where it's like divisive mm-hmm. um or it's hard for like Asians to talk to Asians about this and it's still sort of like I'm the good Asian I'm really woke and you all suck and you are not woke and that doesn't really help the conversation of our community to understand like culture appropriation and it sort of takes away for us to further understand it it's more like I'm trying to shove things down your throat in your eyes about why I'm right versus like hey can we actually have a deeper conversation to understand why our community actually sees and believes in and feels a certain way around um black culture because we have not had a deep enough conversation or understanding around like for example why are so many like mong men or young boys who love like black rap and hip hop right but also fucking anti black racist as heck right yes. and like and sort of understand like, why like why does like what does that mean right what does that mean for our people and the way that our people have observed and navigated through it right but going back to like i think that i don't have a deeper or fuller like understanding or analysis around um the movie around aquafina blackface and what does it mean for agents to all this yet because um like black folks in the community also you know do that in terms of like uh more like chinese like uh tattoos like, um like wu-tang and like you know like mm-hmm. back in the 70s like there was like an exchange right mm-hmm. and i'm just thinking like are we also trying to hold like our communities to the standard of how we would hold white people who've who've extremely like created the system to like um benefit off of our resources and our like culture and sh- and shit like that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i feel like we haven't right now like we're we're used to knowing how to hold whiteness accountable and to the extreme but i feel like we're in ways adapting or taking some of those lenses where we're ending up like not actually having a conversation we're being um there is no movement or room to exchange deeper conversation it's sort of like an expectation Mm-hmm. cuz i've cuz i've seen some of the conversations transpire outside around appropriation that involves communities of color mm-hmm. and it's not been the most healthiest mm-hmm. or it's been more like toxic and i think that that where it creates a, a wall right yeah. where we can't see deeper yeah. and and understand deeper right than that and it just becomes like a a feud mm-hmm. on Twitter or a feud on Facebook yeah. or a feud somewhere. I, and so I'm not like I'm not interested in that. Like I understand that that's like the the current discourse or current experience mm-hmm. around our communities when we talk about like internal like communities of color, right? Mm-hmm. Um race and class and shit. But I'm more interested of like hey, like 
I want to know more, like, why, like, why do we love Beyonce, right, as Hmong people, but we're so anti-Black, and I want to have a deeper conversation and understanding, like, why this person believes or acts a certain way, right, mm-hmm. about, like, Black people and how they view through this lens of race in their understanding, how do they view that? Because I think through that, it would help us, like, address, like, the larger issue around uh, let's say Asian blackface, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like we don't have enough, and we're—it's <clears throat> almost like we're expected to just know. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like all Asians are not the same, and all Asians have different experiences. And can we get to know how our people understand race and class, and, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah, to have a more meaningful and impactful mm-hmm. conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And I—and I'm not saying that Asians don't do blackface. Like Asians do all these fucked up anti-black stuff. We know that, but we need to go deeper to yeah. be able to address this larger problem, right? Yeah. Because we don't have all we need to address that larger problem. And we need to acknowledge that it exists, mm-hmm. but we need to do the work yeah. to figure that shit out. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you, Linda. Like, um, you're right. It is the conversation is very divisive and and you're right, we don't have the the language, we don't have, we're not having that conversation within our own community about Asian blackface, about the appropriation of black culture. Yes, Linda, I agree with you on that. Like, we need to have a deeper conversation because it's not, I'm not basing like everything on like Twitter, but there's, there's, there's the prominent like people who are having this conversation, right? And, and like, whenever people talk about this stuff, like the, the, the woke Asian people who talk about it, the language they use is very elitist, right? They use these big words, they toss it around. And of course, the people who are like kind of who are invested in these cultures, like Asian people who who grew up in these urban like communities and, and they pick up certain mannerisms and, and ways of like talking and, and they they like black culture. And then they come and they're not, you know, they didn't go to like school. They're not in grad school to like think critically. And then they say, you know, we're not doing that. But you're saying that we are and you're using these big words to attack us. You know, and because and we don't have the language to respond to you. Basically, what I'm saying is I'm, I'm just reaffirming, like, I agree with you. Like, there's a, there's just so much going on within the community, the Asian American community uh, as a whole, that, like, it, it definitely needs process. And then, like you said, not all Asians are the same because we're all different. And each each community has needs to have a different conversation amongst themselves as well as the, the like, overall U.S. Um, racial dynamics yeah 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 we need to do more work instead mm-hmm. of like arguing online mm-hmm. right who's more mm-hmm. yeah like well what are we how are we having these conversations in our communities right mm-hmm. and what are we not comfortable with and what are we comfortable with and why even comfort right because it at the end of the day like you're going online to try to prove who's more woke it doesn't it doesn't change your community, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're alone up there, trying to put yourself on a pedestal, right? Yeah. And argue with people. Absolutely. But like the hard work is not being done to undo anything or change or bring awareness, right? Mm-hmm. To your community, and I think that that for me at least, what we need to be focusing on, and like we recognize, there's all these fuckery shit, right, mm-hmm. happening around anti-black racism and um, and not, and also, like, the Latinx community, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there are there are Hmong folks who are like, oh, yeah, build a wall and shit like that, right? And we can mm-hmm. go and say all these things, but we still need to write our own and bring awareness to our own political history and struggle to, or, like, social or class, right? Mm-hmm. We need to be looking through those lens to connect like things together for our community because there's so many information out there right Mm -hmm. um like for example learning around about like social justice um in my experience it's been taught by white people Mm. it's taught through white experience u.s experience right um mentioning Mm -hmm. some like black folks here or latinx community here or some early like east asian here but in my experience i'm like well where does where's the Hmong people people fit in around social justice right is there examples for me as a young person right because whatever works in other communities doesn't necessarily work in my community and so i can't take other people's 
what works in other people's community and then try to like force my community to do that it mm, does it just mm-hmm. doesn't work like that right like talking about the elections elections in general like voting like going to register to vote is not a experience that like our community does right like back in um Laos or even like before that like mm-hmm. we don't have knowledge institutional knowledge or traditional like passed down knowledge around how our community are political all we hear is like struggles right or that in this Hmong American experience is like a frozen piece of time mm-hmm. right around Hmong history in the Vietnam War right um, or the war in Vietnam and like the secret war in Laos right and that and that that impacts right how we navigate in in and engage in the world and voting is not a normal thing for us because our parents don't necessarily do that right or certain families who are educated or have access right do that and and even me at some point because of people who were good leadership or mentors are like oh yeah monk people just don't care and they don't vote whatever and I'm like no what wow and I started hating on my people for not voting but then still realizing like systemic racism and shit made me realize that no, like our, it, there's broken things that tell a fixed story about our community, right? And that that's what we need to be doing is finding like those broken pieces or mistold story about our people, right? And and yeah, and, and so we, we need to do more, we need to do more work if we want our community to be like woke Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't just expect them to be woke mm-hmm. yeah I agree with you you're right Like just like you said it's like when white people come in and they go why how come these people of color are not like we're, 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 we're helping them so much but they don't, they're not getting it it's, you're not doing real work and you're right if, if we're blaming our own folks for not doing something that we think that is important it's because we're not helping or, or we're not like engaging them in that kind of conversation in a way that they understand and not sound elitist yeah so going back to crazy rich asians (laughs) did you know that henry golding is southeast asian shut the front door do you think that him playing nick young a chinese character is a win for southeast asians everywhere but he's also half white and he's tall and he's gorgeous wait so um nick young is half southeast southeast asian and half white Henry Golding, the guy who yeah. plays Nick Young, yes, 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 is is half white. He, his, I believe his dad is English, and his mom is Southeast Asian, mm. from Malaysia. Yeah, not Chinese from Malaysia. Well, as a Chinese person, I think that's wrong. I was kidding. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good question to ask. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when we watch Crazy Rich Asian on the screen, do we do we think do we see that the Asianness as like Chinese or East Asian, or do we see it as like, for example, in our experience, do we do vision? You know, it's a representation for Asian, but do we see that that's like that could be a Hmong person, or I guess what I'm trying to get to, like, for me in my experience, every time when I hear Asian, I think about like East Asians. Yes. Right and. For me, I like, I don't, I don't. To answer your question, me, I'm, I'm just like, I don't know if that's a win for Southeast Asian if we're trying to talk about representation, right? In terms of uh, your question, um, if if Southeast Asian has made it or something mm-hmm. um, onto the screen, mm-hmm. so I think like we still need to talk more about what does the Asian, you know, representation actually mean when, like, for example, Hmong folks are like, yeah, Asian representation. Is it Asian like overall? But, like, honestly, when we think about Asian, who do we, like, mm-hmm. what does that trigger us to remember, right, or associate mm-hmm. with? Yeah. Because I guess, like, does it inspire me to, you know, become, does it inspire me as, as a screenwriter to want to be able to be like, oh, I'm going to be able to pursue, I, I'm, like, the door has opened just a little bit more for me to become a screenwriter or something in, in Hollywood as an Asian person. When I know that as a Hmong person, uh, Hollywood don't know who the fuck Hmong people are. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that small memory glimpse when Clint Eastwood helped Hmong people yeah, <laughs> get recognized. Second, yeah. But then, like, Hmong people are forgotten um, in Hollywood. And so I guess, you know, like, yeah, I would love to, like, 
hear more from our, like our Hmong community talking about what does Asian representation mean for them, and what are those progress right in terms of having representation. And I mean, um, I don't know if you guys um forgotten, but in Grey's Anatomy, the people who play Hmong people were Chinese, and like Japanese. So you had like this dude. This, oh yeah, real yeah, yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. where he like he had the, like the, the shaman episode. Yeah, the shaman but, episode. Mm-hmm. Every medical guys, drama that's has totally us. fine because you know like monk people were mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the the only TV show that had monk people in there was Doogie Howser. Doogie Howser. Wait, what? Doogie Howser, the actual Doogie Howser, back in like yeah, the 80s, back in the day, they had yeah. monk people. They had they had straight monk people. Wait, what, what episode people. was that? Or what was that about? Oh, it it was about the. The, the same thing like every medical drama Grey's Anatomy uh, House uh, Dewey Hauser talks about the whole shaman uh, in, in the hospital oh, thing oh okay, okay, okay. yeah. because yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. well that's because of the, the book mm-hmm. the spirit yeah. catches you but like only Dewey Hauser used it used real monk people <laughs> yeah but you know mm-hmm. I think like going back to like the Crazy Rich Asian I think like there's a lot of things to be critical about like I think like yes like you both can celebrate like this film and you can also be critical of the film oh, and, absolutely mm-hmm. you know yeah. and I think that I think that it's okay to be both and it's okay to do both mm-hmm. I think so yeah at the same time I mean like you know what happens after we have so much representation are we just like eh, whatever that's just another Asian film and do we still like support it right do we still uh-huh. feel the same way and, or or where are we going from there, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Where are we going to move from representation and mm. after representation, right? What are we moving towards, right, in terms of progress around representation? Is it about more Asian women producers and filmmakers yeah. or, or more narratives and stories written by Asian women? Um, are we going to break it down further around, oh, Asians are not all the same and a- all Asian stories need to be represented, mm-hmm. right? Or wait, what about the Asian LGBTQ people mm-hmm. narratives and stories? Will we could we get to that level? Are we are we going to be comfortable with oh rom com of like rich Asian folks and that's representation? And are we going to push for more? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think that we can have all these things, but at least for me, I didn't love or I didn't hate the movie. I just was like oh. Yeah, grand fact that I think Constance Wu is really cute. I've seen a couple of her other um, films that she has been in, but like I was like I didn't love it and I didn't hate it. But I also have like all these other ref- reflections and things around race, class analysis, right, and and gender going on. But I think part of the larger like Asian communities who have sorts of different standards or, or expectations, right, or thoughts about this. I, I would hope that in this, you know, this moment, our movement is moving more towards something that is beyond just like representations where folks who are in pie, you said that were woke, but also didn't talk about like the race class analysis, mm-hmm. the injustices that does exist because we can't neglect the fact that Hollywood has been created and dominated by rich white old men right who are the ones who won't um let people and experiences that doesn't look like them right to shape hollywood to move towards something right Mm -hmm. it's like you know what we've heard like the old boys club who wants to keep it their legacy and their vision do you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. right yeah and that it's tied to like our country's heteropatriarchal evangelical like horrible values and beliefs around um, how men and women and white people should be and, you know, who's rich and who shouldn't be rich or who shouldn't have resources, right? And so we can neglect that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for me, we can enjoy that, but I'm like, but there's also a reality that we won't always be living in that reality once we're out of the theater, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I think eventually, out of all of this, I just want, regardless of who's on TV or who's playing these characters, is that whether they're black, Asian, um, Latino, Native American, whoever's playing these characters that I'm seeing those I'm seeing the story and yes, it's being played by um a person that looks this way, but there's that human story that's being told. You know what I'm saying? Like 
when white people play something, it's like a story. But when like black people or Asian people play, it's like a black story. It's an Asian story. But when it's like literally the same fucking story. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, eventually at the end, I just want whoever is going to, whoever is a good actor, is going to play a human story. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's never going to happen. Wait, like, what I'm hearing is that white shouldn't be the default for all these genres, right? Correct. And that white is not, white shouldn't be the default for, like, like, a humanized story, right? Yeah. Or whiteness shouldn't be humanized where like other non-white or black and like asian and latinx or other mm-hmm. folks right when they tell a story like it's a human like those stories are humanized right or yes. we see it we validate we hear right that mm-hmm. those those are our stories right absolutely but like whiteness mm-hmm. shouldn't default for what's human mm-hmm. right that's absolutely. what i'm hearing yes because like we, we all have universal stories but why is it that, like, when it's a particular person playing it, it becomes, like, a black story, Asian story? But when white people play it, it's, oh, it's just a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. White characters shouldn't be the default. Well, that's all for today. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at hashtag at gmail.com. Contact us on our Facebook page, Hoochie, and tweet at us at our Twitter handle at hashtag underscore Hoochie. Be sure to check out our website, hoochie.wordpress.com, to see this episode's show notes. You can listen to us and rate us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher.